The Adam Crowley Show. He did a couple of annoying radio-y, hot takey things that I wouldn't have done where he goes, Go ahead and tell me why you don't think what Tom Wilson did was illegal, and I'll tell you why you're wrong. Explain what you think, and then I'll tell you why you're wrong. On ESPN Pittsburgh. Okay, tough guy. Uh, just tell me that that Grant Paulson guy works the fan in Washington's all kinds of happy today. Uh, as are all those Washington Capitals fans, and good for them, I suppose. Doesn't mean I have to like it. Also doesn't mean I think that there's anything wrong with the way that they're celebrating. We'll get more into that coming up at 6 o'clock. They can celebrate however the hell they want to. In fact, I've got all kinds of new respect, newfound respect for Alexander Ovechkin now that I know that he just pounds bruised like a monster. Although, maybe I feel about him the way I've always felt about him, because while he's pounding beers like a monster, he also has a tramp stamp. If you have two tattoos, each on one small of your back, does that equate to one tramp stamp, or is that multiple tramp stamps? Maybe I'll put that one up on the poll. It's a good question. I'm going to put that one up At on the poll. At what point do, yeah, I mean, I, I would guess that each stamp has to intersect in some way. They don't. He's got one on one small, one on the other small. I don't even know what they are, but that's you know that's two tramp stamps. I think then I think I got to go with two, but that's even worse than having one big one. I think yes, because you've been tramp stamped twice. Yes, did he get it all done at the same time? Yeah, maybe that. Maybe that's one. He he got one for an ass whipping by the Penguins, and then got his ass whipped again and had to get another one. You know. Well, then he should have three. Like the Penguins have championships. Ran out of ass. That's true. Didn't run out of belly, though. Oh, my God! He's so big. He is! He looks like he's in a beer league. Phil Kessel looks worse than that, I'd imagine, with his shirt off. But I imagine that Alexander Ovechkin looks worse than most hockey players. Or maybe just hockey players all kind of look like that. You don't play for that long, I suppose. Even Ovechkin was playing 20 minutes on ice per game this year. That's like... Interval training, really. He'll go out there for 45 seconds, work as hard as he can, get to the bench, take a blow for about two minutes, get back out there for 45 more seconds. I thought he'd be more cut. Sidney Crosby, when he's in the locker room getting sprayed and holding up the Stanley Cup, I still think about it sometimes when I'm making love to my wife. I really do. Sidney Crosby's abs busting through his T-shirt, his back muscles coming out as he's hoisting up the Stanley Cup. Meanwhile, Alexander Ovechkin, I mean, when his shirt's wet, you can... Look into his belly button. It's just cavernous. Ovechkin looks like a guy. Sidney Crosby looks like a god. All right, now that we've got that one down, according to Adam Sheehan or Sheehan or whatever the hell his name is for CBS Sports, he thinks it's the other way around. He thinks Sidney Crosby looks like the guy and Ovechkin's the god. Better legacy. Sid the Kid, Alexander Ovechkin. Ovi. That's right. Alexander Ovechkin. In fact, now that Ovechkin officially has a championship, we can say this. He's already rated higher than Crosby. Look at the career numbers. Now, I understand regular season versus postseason. Crosby has three Stanley Cups. But look at the Hart trophies. Take a look at the total points. Take a look at the goals. Alexander Ovechkin is the greatest goal scorer of my generation. It's official. You can say it for now and moving forward. 
Ovechkin over Crosby. And I love Crosby. Don't make it sound like I'm hating on Sidney Crosby. You want to talk about durability? You want to talk about games played? I'm sorry, Pittsburgh, but you have to deal with it. Now that Ovechkin finally has a championship, he's ahead of Sidney Crosby when you're talking about legacies and all-time greats. Yeah, that's right. Sidney Crosby's legacy not as great as Alexander Ovechkin's, despite the fact that Sidney Crosby's got his name on the Stanley Cup three times and Ovechkin's got it once. Now, that being said, it doesn't mean that guys like Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane are better players than Alexander Ovechkin, but hey, being the catalyst behind your team winning a championship three times should mean freaking something. But I love how Adam... Not me, but that guy goes out of his way to not mention a couple of kind of important things there in that argument. Ovi's played 139 more games than Crosby, so if you want to factor that in and say durability means something, I can totally buy that. But then don't act as though Ovechkin has six more points even though... He's played 139 more games. Like, that needs to be mentioned. Ovechkin has accounted for six more points than Sidney Crosby, and that's conveniently left out. He said he had more points. He's got six more, and he's played 139 more games. Crosby would be blowing his ass out of the water had he played as many games as Ovechkin had played in his career. Not to mention Crosby plays center, which is a more valuable position. Sid would have won the Art Ross and the Hart Trophy in 2009, uh, 2010, pardon me. He had 66 points. In 32 goals in 41 games before bleeping David friggin' Steckel hit him blindside high. Hell, he might have another Stanley Cup if that didn't happen either. Oh yeah, by the way, Crosby had 56 points in 36 games in 2012-2013. That was the lockout shortened season. But he missed the final 12 games after a Brooks Orpic shot to the jaw. Guess who he tied with in points that year? Ovechkin. So Ovechkin had 56 points in 48 games. Meanwhile, Crosby had 56 in 36 games. Ovi won the trophy that belonged to Sid. Two years, Crosby could have won it and didn't win it. And yes, they were due to injuries. Now, it's not because Crosby isn't a durable player. It's not because Crosby's injury-prone. The dude suffered a concussion and a spinal neck injury that kept him out for over 12 months, and he missed 12 games at the end of that year because his face exploded. That accounts for most of the missed time. It's not about Crosby being a wuss or a pansy, a guy who can't stay on the ice. It's about pretty severe injuries that you can't play through. Like when your face explodes and you have to have your mouth wired shut and you lose 12 pounds because you're sipping through a straw, you can't get back out there on the ice. Using that against Sidney Crosby is ridiculous, but I've already been sucked into this argument enough. I don't want to get sucked into the conversation here because that's what Cheyenne, Sheehan, Adam, whatever the bleep his name wants. He doesn't have a hockey take, any legit hockey takes, so he throws the one that's been kicked around for a decade back out so he can fill a minute and 16 seconds of his god-awful show that nobody watches or listens to. And nobody does. They don't. Nobody knows what CBS Sports National during the day radio is. Nobody cares. Nobody's listening to that. Nobody's watching that. I don't know the numbers, actually. I mean, they very well might, but I'm not. And that matters. So suck on that, Shan. But this is like saying that it's, it's like anybody ripping LeBron James right now. It's done only to incite reaction. It's not done on any basis of fact. But that's the kind of stuff that happens this time of the year, no? 
We don't have anything better to talk about, so we'll throw out the nonsense that sticks. We'll try to rile up all of Canada and Pittsburgh and see how many calls and texts and tweets we can get. And we'll try to see if we can get trending in Pittsburgh or in Canada. And he was, and he should have been, because it's just asinine. It's just stupid. Sidney Crosby's going to go down as one of the top five, maybe even three players that this game has ever seen. If it ended tomorrow, he would. He's a top 10 player all-time in points per game. Alexander Ovechkin is not. Is Alexander Ovechkin the better goal scorer? Yes. Is he better on the power play? Yes. Those are the only things he's better at than Sidney Crosby. And it's not like Sidney Crosby doesn't score goals. Sidney Crosby makes everyone around him better, and Ovechkin does that to an extent by driving possession, absolutely. But Ovechkin has less responsibility being a winger. And Ovechkin's not the kind of guy who is going to set his teammates up. He's just not. He's a goal scorer like Phil Kessel, but better than Phil Kessel. That's what he is. He's rich man's Phil Kessel. Phil Kessel is poor man's Alexander Ovechkin. He'll sit there in the circle on the power play. And, of course, Phil does not have the one-time capabilities that Alexander Ovechkin has. But Ovechkin's good at that one thing. He's great at that one thing. Arguably the best of all time at that one thing. But Crosby plays 200 feet. From game one of the season until the end of the season. Alexander Ovechkin plays 200 feet when it suits him, which is the playoffs. But even then, he's still a winger, so he doesn't affect the game the way Sidney Crosby does. Sidney Crosby takes face-offs. He's a better player than Alexander Ovechkin. And all you need are your two eyes to know that. I've had arguments with guys like Dale Lally at times. He tries to... Get me all hot and bothered, all angered, all fired up because he'll say goals mean more than assists. And do they? Oh, wait, no, they mean the exact same thing. It is the same thing. Sidney Crosby putting up a point is like Alexander Ovechkin scoring a goal. You want to know how I know that? Because it all counts for one on the damn score sheet. All Adam Shine's trying to do there, Sheehan or Adam, whatever the hell you want to call him, all that guy's trying to do is do what he did here, which is piss me off. Oh, no. Is he winning? He's winning, isn't he? He got me. He did exactly what he wanted to do, and he sucked me in. Rat bastard. 412 is the number to call. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I've been waiting for that to happen, though. Like, at some point, it was going to happen. Somebody was going to dig up the old, oh, Ovechkin's better than Cross because he's won a championship. <sighs> when Peyton Manning won one. That make him better than Tom Brady? I've always thought that Peyton Manning and Dan Marino go down, in my opinion, as the better throwers of the football. But if you're talking about legacy, winning has a lot to do with that. If he wants to talk about better player, I still don't think he's got a foot to stand on as it relates to Sidney Crosby and Alexander Ovechkin. But if he wants to talk about legacy, or pardon me, if he wants to talk about legacy, he doesn't have a foot to stand on. If he wants to talk about better player, I don't think he's got a foot to stand on. But it's an argument he can actually try to make. If you've got the better legacy... It's because you've won more championships and you stacked up points and goals and wins during the regular season. I just got tweeted. Somebody said I coughed on the vape during that rant. I did. I coughed. I choked and there was a three-second pause and then I got back into my take ripping this guy. It's funny that people know that. (laughs) I need the energy. I need the nicotine. Helps me roll. Just being honest. By the way, speaking of Ovechkin, his back tattoos, seeing him shirtless, 
running around with that mat of hair and that beard and the missing tooth in the front. What would Ovechkin be if he wasn't a hockey player? Because let's get this damn straight. Ovechkin doesn't look like a hockey player. Ovechkin looks like hockey. Like, that is what hockey is. If you say, what's hockey, and someone shows you a picture of Alexander Ovechkin, I think you get the gist. I think he kind of looks like a mountain climber. Yeah, like a hard eastern block mountain climber that's missing, like, eight toes. Yes. You because know, he, like, slept out on some ridge overnight. Yeah, he got frostbite. Yeah, but it didn't bug him. Like, he just kept walking. He looks like the last hope to overthrow a government. He's been hiding in a cave for years, and they need him to claw his way out, climb to the top. He'll be standing there with an AK-47. I've got this! A group of revolutionaries like go to find him in this cave, in this forest that they didn't know existed, and they found the map by like digging into another, finding another map that leads to the map that leads to Ovechkin. Uh, it's just very elaborate. Well, kind of like Luke Skywalker. Uh, exactly, exactly. Looks like a Russian vodka pitch man. For oh, Vladdy. Oh, yeah. Like, the, like yeah. Russia's most interesting man, maybe sitting there shirtless, like leaning against a log, like in the tundra, perfectly warm, downing vodka. Yeah, you drink too. Are you cold? It's good for you. Oh, boy, that's bad. <laughs> that's bad. It's almost as bad as the one that I would have done had you not come out with the bad one first. <laughs> Tom said he looked like a goat herder. A high-altitude goat herder. Yes, Oh yeah, which would uh, that probably be combined with the mountain climbing thing? Because like when he's not climbing mountains, he's, he's herding, uh, goat. herding high altitude goat. Is he a liquor store owner with a security style turnstile door oh, with the spinny thing? Yeah, like so the, the plexiglass. Absolutely, big gold chain too. Like in a Maybe. part of town that nobody wants to be in. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> like multiple gold chains, and like I don't know if that's a real Rolex or not. But, like, it's I'm not. wondering. It's not a real Rolex. Or is Spoiler it, Spoiler alert. No, it's not. A, he might be a guy who would cut a hand off for a Rolex. You don't know. Is he a henchman in Die Hard? Oh, dude, he's totally hijacking the Nakatomi building. Totally. <laughs> Absolutely. Look out, John McClane. <laughs> oh, he would F up Bruce Willis, I think. <laughs> is, he a, uh, is he a pawn shop employee, like the guy from the Italian job? Oh, my gosh. I think that might be the most perfect job for Ovi if he wasn't playing hockey is just working in a pawn shop. Yeah, like the guy in the Italian job who was buying the gold bars. Like that kind of pawn shop. He's always wearing like three or four chains popping out of his shirt. <laughs> yeah. Chest hairs flowing out. Big collar. Yes. Just like what's-his-face. Colangelo. Big, yeah, just like Colangelo. Big, big collar. Does he look like a Russian Vince Vaughn? <laughs> Vince Vaughn always looks like he's in some level of disheveled drunkenness, and that's all I've seen of Alexander Ovechkin over the last three days. You don't think that you don't think that Vince Vaughn is disheveled all the time? No, I'm just. Does Ovechkin look like Vince Vaughn, a Russian version? That on behalf of Speaker City, I present Snoop Dogg. That was better. <laughs> he's worked on it. He looks like Russian Goodwill Hunting. Oh wow! Just working at Russian Harvard. Yeah. Russian Harvard. He's sweeping up Russian Harvard. Like, how do you like them apples? It's a little worse. <laughs> Does he look like a bookie? Yeah. He look like a bookie. Oh, yeah. oh, that's like yeah. In every one of those these scenarios, he's also a bookie. Like just, that's a side gig. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, especially the convenience store, yeah, the pawn yeah, shop. Yeah, everything we've mentioned also a bookie, a strip club owner. Oh, well, that's a given. Yeah, for that's sure. An easy one. And you know it's to the point where there's like strange vans pulling up in the middle of the night. Like there's <laughs> a human trafficking element there. Absolute trafficking going on with that strip club owner. Cartel leader. 
Like he kind of he could pull off being a Mexican cartel leader. Yeah, like what's oh, a yeah. Russian version of uh, MS13? Like the Russian mob. Is that MS13? <laughs> yes, it's just MS13 with a Russian accent. You just say MS13 with yeah. Russian accent. Yeah. It's in Russian. Speaking yeah. of cartel leaders, Mexico. The first printing press in North America was used in Mexico City in 1539. The largest wildcat in North America is the jaguar, which can be found in Mexico's southern jungles. Hey, Adam. Yes. Did you know that Cinco de Mayo means May the 5th? Exact translation. The chihuahua is the world's smallest dog and is named for a Mexican state. The border between Mexico and the United States is the second largest border in the world. Only the United States-Canadian border is longer. Only 10 countries in the world have a larger population than Mexico's. One million, 100 million, and uh, it's, well, just take my word for it. Hey, Adam, did you know that snakes appear repeatedly in Mexican mythology from the serpent god Kuklakan, which can be found on the side of the Chichen Itza ruins? Right on the side. Mexico City is the highest elevation and is the oldest city in North America. Hmm. It's also one of the largest cities in the world. Wow. According to the California Avocado Commission, Americans consume up to 81 million pounds of avocados on May the 5th every year. Hey, Adam, did you know that Mexico is home to an extremely rare, rare rabbit? Where rabbit? <laughs> it's the volcano rabbit, which lives near Mexican volcanoes. It's a wasp rabbit. It's a good name. Coming up next. Warm weather rabbit. New blood in the NBA won't feel as new. Hernan Cortez? Had a native mistress and an able translator named Marina. Depending on where LeBron James goes. I bet you wonder who Horn and Cortez is. It's the Crowley Show. I have no idea who he is. <laughs> on ESPN Pittsburgh. You boys like Mexico! The unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun is coming up in about 15 minutes here on the Crowley Show. The Steelers last year beat a lot of good teams and a lot of bad teams alike, but it's what they did against bad teams that I think set them up for failure in the playoffs. Tell you what that is. New blood in the NBA won't feel new, depending on where LeBron James goes. Get to that in a second here. But first, I said about 45 minutes ago that people making fun of the Mets for spending money and then falling on their face don't have any room to do so because you've got to be in the top 15 Major League Baseball payroll to win the World Series. Just look at the last 17 World Series winners. Well, then people hop in on Twitter.com and they'll say, the Pirates are never going to spend like the Yankees. They're never going to spend like the Dodgers. And it's the defense that you always hear from the Pirates. We're not going to spend like the Nationals. We're not going to spend like the Yankees. We're not going to spend like the Dodgers. We're not going to spend like the Mets. We can't spend like Chicago because those are all big market teams. We can't be top five in payroll. But I'm not asking you to be top five. I'm top, I'm asking you to be about around top 15. That's it. Be where you should be with Major League Baseball's ninth most rich owner. Ninth richest. English escapes me on this Monday. If your owner's the ninth richest owner in Major League Baseball and you had been filling the ballpark more so than you'd ever filled the ballpark before, aside from a few years, then 
you've got to put enough in your baseball team to be around the top 15 payroll. I'm not asking them to be the highest payroll in baseball. They'd operate such a huge loss that it wouldn't make sense to even own the team at that point unless you wanted the team just to be your plaything. But they can operate at around 15th in Major League Baseball, still make money hand over fist, and then give themselves a legitimate chance to win a World Series. You can still build the same way, and you can draft players and bring them in from the Dominican and South America and wherever else and grow them that way. But then when the time is right, add to your team, add a big player to the rotation, add a high-profile reliever, add a big-time hitter, and all of a sudden you've taken your competitive baseball team and you've pushed it into the reality of a real conversation where you can win a championship. I'm not asking for top five. I'm asking for top 15. Only one team in the last 17 years has had a payroll that was higher than 15th, and that was the 2003 Florida Marlins. And what a great story that was. 25th in Major League Baseball payroll. They downed the big-time Yankees, and everyone could clap. But now I feel like an outlier like that is one of the reasons why the Pirates feel like they can be cheap bastards. Well, the Marlins did it, so we can do it their way, too. The Rays got there. We can do it their way, too. But the reason why you don't see teams like the Rays win the World Series, the reason you don't see teams like the Indians win the World Series, is because they can only put their hat or their name into the hat, pardon me, so many times. Like, they can make a big-time run one year, and the Indians did what the Pirates should do, and they went out and they spent a little bit more money. They brought in Edwin Encarnacion. Uh, they traded for some players, and that pushed them to the brink of winning the World Series against the Chicago Cubs a couple of years ago. They can do that, and that's what the Pirates want to do. But one of the reasons why you haven't seen them win the World Series is because they don't have seven years of sustained success. The Yankees are always going to have that. In the time that the Pirates weren't above 500 for 20 years in a row, the Yankees weren't under 500 for 20 years in a row. You're going to tell me that money doesn't matter? Again, they're not the Yankees. But throwing some money towards the product would give them an opportunity to, again, put their name in the hat for more than the three-year span that they did. They had three years, and that felt like a dynasty to this organization. It'd be nice if that three-year window could have turned into a five- to seven-year window. And spending the extra $15 million a season might have been able to help make that happen. 412-922-2874. Heard Stephen A. Smith talking today about the NBA and how this is such an exciting time because we don't know where LeBron James is going to go, and I agree with that 100%. You don't know where LeBron's going to go. That makes for interesting conversation, and I think that th- this offseason has the potential to be more exciting than the NBA basketball season. Where's LeBron going to go? He's going to hear everyone's pitches. There's going to be rumors of where is going to go. Is Durant going to opt out of his contract? What's going to happen? But there is one way, and it might be the most likely thing that's going to happen, that this year's not going to feel any different than the last four years in the association. If LeBron James goes to Boston, Boston winning the championship would be a little bit different than the Cavaliers winning. Now, Boston isn't that far removed from being a contender, and this year they pushed Cleveland to seven games in the conference finals. But he could go to Boston. He could go to Philadelphia. I suppose he's not going to go to Boston, though, because of Kyrie Irving. Could move Kyrie and bring in LeBron, though. Anyway, if he winds up with a team in the East, 
and Kevin Durant stays out there, what's different? I guess the potential for LeBron James to actually win the championship, that is different. That makes things interesting. Can the greatest basketball player of all time, or at least one of the two greatest basketball players of all time, win the championship, dethrone the hated Golden State Warriors, and add to his legacy and resume? But if he joins a team in the East and they're not able to contend with Golden State apart from getting to the championship, it's just the same thing all over again. It's just shuffling the deck chairs on the Titanic. It's an Eastern Conference team playing against one of the best teams of all time. It's the best player of all time playing against that great dynasty. And while that is exciting, and while the ratings have been largely the same the last four years in the NBA, it's nothing different. The intrigue is going to be the conversation. The intrigue is going to be where's he wind up, who goes with him, where's Kawhi going to go, is Durant going to pull out, what's going to happen. That's interesting. But if he winds up at a team on the Eastern Conference, how much more interesting is it? Tom, you're a big NBA guy. If he goes to Philadelphia, it makes it more interesting from the standpoint that they can win the championship, something he couldn't really do in Cleveland after the last year. But isn't it just the same thing? Isn't it just LeBron against this great dynasty? Correct, because people will just say the only reason that Philly was able to get to the finals to face the Warriors was because they made the addition of LeBron. And it's just LeBron making it to the finals again. I think what would make it the most interesting is what you said. If LeBron could sway Durant to not take his option and go to a, just a completely different team like the Lakers maybe, now then then that's when you get some real interesting basketball next year because then you got three teams that you can call series contenders in the West with the Warriors, Rockets, and the Lakers if they have LeBron and Durant. Well, and that does add parity because you've Naturally. got... Naturally. Right, because you've got three teams now in the West and then every team really in the East is a legitimate contender. Maybe I mean, maybe Toronto could actually win something for once. Right. You, I mean, you have Boston and Philly as, as your favorite. Sure. But I feel more comfortable with Toronto or maybe another up-and-coming team in the East dethroning Boston and Philly than a LeBron James. That being said, <sighs> the championship would again be played in the Western Conference like it was this year. Uh, th- that wouldn't change either. And you know what? LeBron's got no one to blame but himself for all this. He really does. He started the whole he damn did. thing. I mean, he's just a victim of his own game. I mean, really, at this point, that's where he is. I mean, and you gotta, you gotta think that LeBron has this come across his mind. And again, for that very point, that this is his game. He has to have, had, at some point, put together multiple scenarios. Oh, he yeah. He knows what he wants. He knows what he's like, what he wants to do. And I, I don't doubt that that Durant scenario has not crossed his mind. It, it, it's had to. It's crossed Durant's mind, too. Because you have to think, maybe Durant's whole role with the Warriors is getting a little stale for him. You know, you know I don't think winning ever gets old to these guys. But maybe now that he has his two rings, two finals MVP... He can feel comfortable going out to another team and maybe being the guy or the second guy to LeBron there. Would he consider doing that if it's not with LeBron? Like, would he consider doing that if Kawhi were to go out to if Los you, Angeles? If you bring in a, a player of the talent level of a Kawhi Leonard or LeBron James, then yes, I think Durant would be open and maybe trying to lead his own team to the finals. I mean, look, one thing that these guys consider, and you don't hear it a lot in media, is like, oh, yeah, they're the greatest player ever. They're the greatest this ever. A lot of these guys would like to be a part of the greatest team ever. That's true. And, and that's an attraction to the whole thing. You know, if LeBron, can you really have a greatest team ever at this point if LeBron's not involved in it? 
You know, I mean, it's always that question mark. Like, what do you think the Warriors would look like if LeBron was on that team? Granted, I know like that would make a lot of no sense how basketball goes, but like, imagine what would be going on there. It'd be insane. Nobody, there would be no argument that that was the greatest team ever. I think that he would absolutely seriously consider going there. That's the worst thing that could happen for basketball. If he goes there. Now, I'd watch the bleep out of it. If it was temporary, I think it'd be a great thing. Well, I but, think in the short term, regardless of whether or not he is there temporarily, I do think it would be interesting. How many games can they win during the regular season? How quickly can they blow through the finals? How's it going to work with LeBron and, and all these guys, whether Durant's there or not? How can they share the ball? I do think that that, in the short term, would be interesting. If he's there for five years, though, that kills that kills the sport. Oh, yeah, it's oh. done. Yeah, yeah, absolutely done. And you get all kinds of rules coming in at that point, like they're breaking up teams with like a big old like demolition crew. And here's a question. This might be way out to lunch, but I'll ask you guys. Is basketball gonna be better when LeBron's gone? Because if you've got if LeBron's on one if LeBron's on one side, if he's in the east and the Warriors are in the West, you can't you know what it's gonna be. It's gonna be those two teams matching up. In the championship, unless maybe Kawhi goes to the Rockets, and I don't know all the salary cap numbers, but most likely it's going to be LeBron versus the Warriors. Right. So, what are you going to do? I don't know if parity is as big of an issue as a lot of people have made it out to be in the NBA. I think that LeBron being LeBron has kind of screwed parity because he's just going to beat the snot out of whatever Eastern Conference teams there are going to be. Like, when he leaves, I think parity fixes itself in the Eastern Conference. It, it fixes itself, and I think the product of, like, uh, multi-talented players coming up through the ranks, growing up as the younger generation right now, seeing how basketball has gone, that you get a LeBron-esque game from a lot of young kids, and the level of basketball just goes off the charts. But I think there might be, like, once LeBron goes, I think there might be a little bit of a drop-off. But I think it'll come back. I think it'll get super hyper-competitive. And again, let me point this out there should be some kind of like rules against collusion that needs to happen to to fix it all it really does because otherwise you're just going to have a top end on top end right. on top end i think it's more likely than not that parity will fix itself once lebron leaves the game but you do have to watch out for players like a ben simmons if he gets a jump shot anywhere near like lebron he could turn into a lebron and dominate the east for many years to come a player like Giannis antetokounmpo i don't even think that's how you type. pronounce his name but if he can develop a three-point jump shot that's just as good as LeBron, if he can become defensively and handle the ball as well as but LeBron isn't, can, but isn't that isn't that just it though? If he exactly, could, if he could add this, if he could add that. Of... Well, that, and that's why LeBron's so freaking good exactly. because he does it all. And the Kawhi Leonard looks like LeBron James, when and he's healthy, and when he's healthy, and people say Kawhi Leonard plays a very similar style of ball game to LeBron James, but not LeBron. He's also smaller than LeBron he is. in every way, right? So yeah, that, I mean, because not only on top of all the talent that has, LeBron has, he's a physical freak yes. too. Well, right, and but so the the point is, you could you can players are going to come up trying to play like LeBron James, but no one's going to be able to play no like can, LeBron no James, and the East is going to be open just because there is no, there's not one player who can dominate a game that way. Uh, even I mean, Kobe Bryant, for as good as he was, he wasn't LeBron James. Not even close. No, and. They won their. He won his championships when he had Shaquille O'Neal. And that's not to say that LeBron James hasn't had to have great supporting cast whenever he's ultimately wound up winning the championship. But just getting there every year is done solely 
on his back. I'm a little tired of the same damn final every year. I mean, for the last four years. But again, if LeBron James stays in the East, it's basically the same final anyway. Sweden! Despite being a military power in the 17th century and one of the world's largest producers of weapons, Sweden has not participated in any war for almost two centuries, including both world wars. Hey, Adam, did you know that 2,000 years ago, the Sverre people gave Sweden its name? In their language, Sverre meant us, and Reich meant kingdom. That's like the us kingdom. As opposed to the Third Reich. With a tax rate of 51.4% of GDP, Swedes are one of the most highly taxed populations in the world. Whoa. An average of 1,836,000 meatballs are eaten daily in all of IKEA's 313 stores worldwide. You know what else people like to eat over in Sweden? Popular flavor of ice cream. It's salmaki. Mm. Salty licorice. Salty. Can also be uh, cold black in color. Love Very it. nice ice cream. Sweden was the first country in the world to ban the smacking of children in 1979. Since then, 35 other countries have followed suit. Did you know that wasps actually kill more people directly than any other animal in Sweden? I wouldn't be surprised if you're talking about white Anglo-Saxon males. No, we're talking about the bug. Sweden was the first country in the world to ban smacking of children in 1979. I already said that. Sweden has the highest number of McDonald's restaurants per capita in Europe. Only the United States has more McDonald's per capita in the world. Oh, yeah. The Northern Lights, or Areola Borealis, appear above the Arctic Circle and are visible around the equinoxes in late September and March and during the dark of winter in Sweden. Hey, Adam, did you know that from the 1850s to the 1930s, 1.5 million of Sweden's population of 3.5 million immigrated to North America? 1.5. Coming up next. Came here in droves. It's the great unsponsored football segment. In boats, I believe. Filled with knowledge and fun. Sweden's played a leading role in the United Nations, one of the most respected and effective leaders since World War II. Swedish diplomat Dag Hammarskjöld, second secretary general of the UN. Real good guy. Great Everybody guy. seemed to like that dude. Love Dag. Brought to you by To Be Determined. Do you know that he often wore a bow tie? <laughs> Classic Dag. It's a Crowley show on ESPN Pittsburgh. The Northern Lights, or... Areola Borealis appear above the Arctic Circle. I would like to apologize to all of our listeners out there. I said Areola Borealis, which would be Nipple Borealis. Uh, what I meant to say was the Aurora Borealis, which would mean the Aurora Borealis. I love Areola Borealis's movies. Good stuff. Is that a tremendous, like, Sweden... Porn name is now <laughs> Areola Borealis. Ladies and gentlemen, center stage. Check it out right now. It's Areola Borealis. One of the seven wonders of the world, Areola Borealis. <laughs> Shining her lights on you. It's time for the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun. Brought to you by To Be Determined. I'm going to do a revisionist history thing here. It's something that I often get pissed about, but I'm going to now piss others off with this tank. Last year, I said the Steelers did a much better job of beating teams with losing records. That they did. They were very successful beating teams they should beat. But here's what I would like to see. I'd like to see the Steelers 
spank bad teams this year. Now, I know spanking isn't allowed in Sweden, and it hasn't been since 1979, but I would like to see the Steelers spank the teams on their schedule that deserve to be spanked, i.e. Cleveland, i.e. Cincinnati. Last year, they beat Cleveland by three on the road. They did lose to the Bears in overtime. That was a bad football team. They beat Detroit, not a great football team, by five on the road. And Detroit, they should have beat the Steelers. They just couldn't cash in in the red zone. Steelers beat a terrible indie team by three, coming from behind again on the road. Beat the Packers without Rodgers by three at home. They had to come from behind to beat the Bengals on the road by three. They beat the Ravens at home by one. This is a Ravens team that was inept on offense, and the Steelers gave up 38 points to them just before they played the New England Patriots towards the end of the year. The Steelers did what they are often accused of not doing. They did beat the teams that were bad. They beat the under 500 football teams, for the most part, aside from the Chicago Bears. But when you are playing down to your level of competition, when you're just skating by, by the skin of your teeth, against those awful football teams, you're going to start creating bad habits. Bad habits that will come up to bite you in the ass against great teams like the New England Patriots. Steelers had a lot of miscommunications on defense against all those teams that I talked about. Steelers were unable at times to pick up the offense against all those teams that I talked about. At the beginning of the game against Jacksonville, the Steelers couldn't get it going offensively. Turn the football over a couple of times. You do that against bad teams, you can still win. You do that against the Jacksonville Jags, you can't. Steelers had a lot of miscommunications, as I mentioned, on defense. You do that against the New England Patriots like they did on the Patriots' final drive, you're going to lose that football game. The Steelers took a big step in the right direction this year by beating the teams that they were supposed to beat, in large part. But now the Steelers need to put them in their place. I'd like to see the Steelers, by the end of the season, have a ridiculous point differential that shows that these bad football teams didn't stand a chance. When they came into Pittsburgh, they were going to get slaughtered by the Pittsburgh Steelers. When the Steelers go to their barn, they're going to slaughter them. And I think that it'll help them against good teams. I think it will enforce good habits. The New England Patriots tend to blow bad teams out. When the Baltimore Ravens were really good, they would blow bad teams out. I'd like to see the Steelers follow suit. Julian Edelman was suspended for the first four games of the 2018 season. It doesn't matter. It always seems like they've got problems at the beginning four games of the season. Brady's going to be suspended. They're going to be dealing with new players on defense. They're not going to play well. They're going to be 2-2 two and two or 3-1. and one, And people are going to say, oh, is this the year that the dynasty falls off? Are they still going to win the division? Or whatever upstart team, like the Dolphins or the Jets is coming from behind, is it finally their year? So it doesn't matter. But what's the connection with Brady's witch doctor? Here's a quote from that witch doctor where he said, quote, I've known Julian since his rookie year, and he's a phenomenal athlete who takes his training seriously. It's disappointing to hear today's news. Elite athletes sometimes work with multiple coaches and health professionals as part of their off-season training. Here at our facility, we take a natural, holistic, appropriate, and above all, legal approach to training and recovery for all our clients. And anyone who would suggest otherwise is irresponsible and just plain wrong. End quote. Well, I guess that I'm irresponsible. I'm talking about the Guerrero fella. The guy who is TB12. The man who's got Tom Brady eating out of his hands. You know, the witch doctor. Real talk, though. If Brady tested positive for steroids, would the league destroy the evidence? They destroyed the evidence in Spygate. Why wouldn't you destroy the evidence with Tom Brady? I bet you he never gets tested. 
Uh, you know what? In fact, I guarantee you he hasn't peed in a cup for anybody other than this Guerrero nut in like 10 years. What's the benefit of the National Football League catching Tom Brady? What was the benefit of the National Football League catching Peyton Manning? They didn't. Swept under the rug. And a recent report suggests that maybe Peyton Manning did do steroids. It was released in a legal document from a court. Maybe he did. Testimony points to the fact that it's a possibility. But we haven't heard much about it because the NFL is not pushing it. And why would they? They wouldn't with Tom Brady either. You ever see an acquaintance at the bar? Like somebody you don't really know all that well. And they drink five or six beverages and they slither on over to you. And then they talk your damn ear off for the rest of the night. Yeah, that happened to me over the weekend. Man, I haven't seen you in 17 years. You were a douchebag to me in Theater 101. And now all of a sudden, because I host a highly successful radio show, you want to be my best friend? Hey, how about you shut the hell up? Let me feed my wife pretzels out of my hand. And why don't you be on your merry way, you piece of... I hate people bringing fish in for lunch and reheating it in our microwave. Do you really have to have fish at work? Look, I get it. It's healthy. You're trying to eat right. But at the expense of the entire office, we have to smell your stinky lunch all damn day. And God forbid anybody tries to heat anything up after that. It smells like your nasty fish. And then top it off every day, the popcorn people at 2.30. They heat up their Jiffy Pop. It's like deadliest catch meets vagina monologues. Every time it happens, I feel like we need to spray the break room down with Summer's Eve. Let me tell you what is really pissing me off, and that is the sport of soccer. I mean, I cannot stand this sport. Any sport that can end in a 0-0 tie, I mean, just get out of my face with that, okay? You're not going to sell a sport to Americans that ends in a tie, okay? We're just winners in this country. But here's how we solve soccer, all right? It's way too oversaturated. My solution, we only play it once every four years. The World Cup is the only time that soccer is allowed to be played on planet Earth. And if you are playing soccer at any... Cathartic. Coming up next, Pittsburgh's looking petty in the face of the Capitals winning the Cup. It's a Crowley Show.